Welcome to Flipping the Field, a college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined, as always, by co-host Ryan Donnelly. Um, we have week nine in college football to talk about. And Ryan, I'm going to set the tone here just to start this this episode. And I don't think I'm the first one to say this, but I am going to be the first one to say it on this specific podcast. Uh, this week sucked. This was shitty. I didn't really have, like, I enjoyed watching it because it's college football. And I, I got to uh, I got to watch the, the full slate with my dad, which I don't usually get to do. I was visiting home. But as for actual football games, there were like three results in here that were good. The rest of this week was shitty. I don't know. I don't agree. I think I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think it got better. Like the nude slate was obviously dominated by, by Kansas, but I, I thought like the afternoon and evening got and night games, especially got pretty good. I, um, I was actually pretty happy with the day. I, I think maybe the actual game results, some of them sucked. Like, obviously we don't want to see that happen to Duke and Utah, which we'll get into. Um, and maybe bad for our agenda on some of these games, but I think there were a lot of clarifying games for various conferences title races and i know you and i are talking about the premium show um which you can listen to by subscribing to me at midfield.com our website um but i was actually kind of pleased with with the day i don't maybe maybe it's just me i think i might be have the contrarian take on that i it it felt like the i think that my big issue with it was that all of the like pretty much all of the big games pretty much all of the ones that were supposed to be important save for the kansas oklahoma game were uh, bad they weren't like competitive for, for the most part they it was not just like oh this was a it was a close game but it wasn't very like actually good um the the oregon state arizona game was really good in the late night slate and we were excited about that one but there yeah. were a lot of other games in here that we were hoping would be close or kind of needing i think especially in the afternoon slate to be close and they just weren't they just weren't competitive yeah. and, and that was that was frustrating we got three big upsets, though. Uh, we saw Kansas, Oregon State, North Carolina go down. Uh, that's something. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I can spin it positively. We'll do it. In the, I mean, we'll get into these games game by game. I think I can spin some positive here. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll do my best, at least. I'll, I'll play. We'll play a role reversal this week. Yeah. Um, We're switching. Patrick, before week. we do that, <laughs> yeah, do you... Uh, do you want to tell the people about our website? Yeah, I do. You mentioned it earlier. It's midfield.com. That is the place to go if you want to get the premium episode of this podcast, which comes out weekly during the season. Um, we're going to be talking through something that we're probably going to touch on a lot during this recap, but we're going to go in great detail through all of the different conference title races throughout the sport, because that is something that we really like to follow and something that um, just really isn't talked about anymore in the national coverage of the sport. There's just no real, especially at the P5 level, there's no real interest in conference title races that has been kind of erased and, and, and just everything is now playoff. Uh, so we're going to buck that trend and we're going to talk about conference title stuff this week. We're also going to talk about the execution of Brian Ferentz, who uh, may he rest in peace has been, he's been compromised to a permanent end. Um, we're not going to do that on this show, but we are going to do that for the subscribers. The subscribers also get the weekly, er, there's basically every day, uh, premium stories. They get things like scheme standouts, Sunday hangover that you do. Um, the, uh, the written version of the watch list, which is not just a, a transcribed version of, of what we do on this show. It is my own thoughts on the game, um, as well as some deeply demonic AI generated images, um, mm -hmm. that, uh, that I use to just sort of keep myself going when I'm working through the, the bowels of the big 12 every week and things like that. But, uh, the watch list, you get, uh, stories from Kevin, you get stories from Taylor and you get the message board. 
the immediate midfield message board, which we've said on here before, I think probably the best thing that we that we do. The message board is is wonderful. It's the best message board in college football. Honestly, might be the best message board. I don't know that there are better ones out there. There's not a ton of great message boards, I don't think. There are there are some ones that are funny, but um, in terms of actual <laughs> discussion and people who aren't just trying to uh, trying to kill each other essentially through the computer. Um, the message board is is I think unmatched and continues to uh, to to roll on. So you get all of that stuff. You just got to go to meetamidfield.com and subscribe. Um, Ryan, do you want to tell people about Homefield? Yeah, yeah, man. Homefield Apparel is our our sponsor here. Um, I just got my Ohio State bomber jacket ordering from them, which from their Heartland bomber jacket collection collection. Um, I do not know if those are sold out or not, but if they're not, I cannot recommend them highly enough. Um, and if they are, it's your fault and you deserve to be punished. Yeah, sure to listen um, to us last week. We tried to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I got it in my hands, man. It is so sick. Uh, it is like the perfect weight, perfect feel. It's not going to be like your heavy winter jacket. It's going to be that perfect fall jacket, uh, perfect spring jacket. Um, if you're not too embarrassed about your team by then. Yeah. Um, you know, the Chris Holton Buck guys will be tough for me, but we'll we'll see what we can do. Um, <laughs> it is, uh, it is great gear, their t-shirts, their jogger pants, their hats, all of it is fantastic. Um, they do so much cool shit, man. Uh, it, it is just new drops every week. Um, they had a Campbell drop. It was really cool. Uh, Campbell, by the way, actually is a good quarterback. I didn't realize this. They have like one of the best quarterbacks in the FCS there. The kid is like a fringe pro prospect. So if you're looking to, um, support North Carolina's ongoing collapse by bringing for Campbell this week, a uh, great time to order a Campbell t-shirt. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, man, we love it. The gear is just fantastic from the FBS, the FCS, and, and, and onwards. Um, so much cool stuff. I can argue it highly enough. And if you have somehow not ordered uh, Homefield Apparel yet, you can get 15% off your first order with the code Meet at Midfield, um, which uh, it's the best gear in the country, man. It's soft, it's stylish, it's cool. Um, they get everything you need. You need you need Christmas gifts. You need uh, just gear for the end of the fall. You need to buy a shirt to support, you know, a team trying to upset your rival. Yeah. Whatever you got to do, get some gear. Yeah, the, the Tom Allen, you know, firing fund, of course, you can go and fund that as well. That's an important uh, investment to make at this time yes. for, for Indiana fans, uh, of of which I think maybe 80 to 90% of our listener base is for some reason. I don't know. I, I don't really know how there are. I don't know how there are so many of those motherfuckers, but there are. And if you want to support the the uh, the the process of getting Tom Allen not only out of Bloomington but out of the country entirely, you should go to Home Field Apparel. Um, I'll also say a, a little a little birdie has informed us to uh, to tell you keep your eyes on Home Field Apparel the next week or so. Some really really cool stuff coming down the uh, the pike. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. Just keep your eyes out for some really cool drops that Homefield has coming and they they've already there's so many cool shirts and and bomber jackets and all kinds of good stuff over there. Uh yeah, code is meet at midfield again for 15% off your first purchase. Um let's jump in here. Let's jump into week 9. Let's start with two weeknight games. Um kind of a, it was honestly it was a pretty good weeknight slate. We talked about the the important results in Conference USA on last week's watch list cuz those happened in the early week. We're going to do the same this upcoming watch list with whatever happens in the Mac on Tuesday and Wednesday, because there are Mac games this week. But this week it was, this past week rather, it was a, an ACC game, Virginia Tech 38-10 to over Syracuse, and a, a big Sunbelt East game, Georgia Southern 44, Georgia State 27. Ryan, where do you want to go first here? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I might as well start with Virginia Tech because they are like somehow against all odds. Or sorry, I said Virginia Tech, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Georgia Tech. No, Who Virginia knows? Tech. Okay. Yeah, Virginia. I'm Tech. Panic- I'm panicking already. Yeah. Um, Virginia Tech is somehow a legitimate contender in the ACC uh, after <laughs> after eight games. That's right. They are three and one in the conference, four and four overall. Um, got a big 38-10 win over Syracuse, as you said. Um, what the fuck? How's this happening? I, I don't quite understand what is what what's what, what are my lying eyes doing to me here i thought this team was bad yeah they've been bad last year i am um i'm befuddled to be honest yeah i think befuddlement is probably the best way to describe where i'm at with virginia tech um syracuse has issues some pretty severe issues that we've talked about on the show and uh, that can explain i think this this you know part of this but there is the Virginia Tech side of this, which is that they're three and one in the conference, and like you said, they're still very much in the race there. I don't know that I'm ready to like fully believe that they are actually in the race, but somebody's going to have to play Florida State in that title game, and Virginia Tech is right there right now in terms of where it is in the standings. And I, I think in in this game, like we were, you know, we came in hoping to see a good environment for a, a, you know, an important weeknight game in lane stadium, which used to be the thing that you would get there. And I think that we got that and on the actual football field, man, I thought Virginia tech looked good. I thought they looked legitimately impressive. They ran the shit out of the football. Um, They ran just all over the Syracuse defense. And I think defensively Virginia tech looks improved. It looks like it is taking steps. It has answers for things that it's seeing the havoc rate here was ridiculous. It was 26%. They are they they look I think a lot closer to what you would in the best case scenario want a Brent Pry led Virginia Tech program to look like. They're playing like that right now. This is I think what they wanted it to be and what they want it to be. I don't know how much I believe it as like a long-term thing, but this was a I mean this was another another really big win for them and kind of a signature win for him. It's it's the competition is what it is, but they kicked the shit out of them. They did what they were supposed to do and then some. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, it was a what well, like you said, a forty eight percent success rate in the day for them. Uh, held Syracuse to a twenty six percent success rate. Uh, just a huge gap. I mean, they kicked the shit out of them, like you said. They dominated staff to staff. Um, it was really impressive. And, and look, they have a big game coming up this weekend at Louisville. Uh, if they win that game, like I don't want to say they're in the clear for the second bid, yeah. but they're in a very good position. Um, they don't play any of the two law, current two loss teams, ACC, besides Boston College and NC State, um, who they have over the next two weeks. Like, man, if they win, like if they beat Louisville and win one of the next two, I don't know, dude. Like, they're in a really good spot for to win this league. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy to watch this happen. Um, I'm I'm not really buying that they're good, right? We saw them lose this season to Purdue, Rutgers, and Marshall, uh, in addition to the Florida yeah. State loss. But man, I mean turning it around like this and getting these two big wins, like both comfortable wins over Wake Forest and Syracuse is, is very impressive because they came in the season with, uh, even though both of those teams had, had like kind of a restocking, I'd say they came in the season with less talent and less experience than both of those squads. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty stunned and impressed by Brent Pry. Yeah. Um, yeah, he has, he has, good for him. he has pulled it out of the fire a little bit here. The, um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, those are not like these are not amazing teams that they're beating, but they're doing it in convincing fashion. And that's really I think that's what you want to see from good teams. I'm not there yet with these guys, but they looked like a they've looked like a good team the last couple of weeks. And that is very different from what they had been. I really like the three man backfield that they were working with here. Um, Kyron Drones has been 
fine. He's he's been okay. He's been pretty pretty competent behind center. I, I think he is improving. He is not he's not fucking it up. He's not going crazy back there and throwing a bunch of interceptions. They're keeping things pretty simple for him. Um, he ran well. I really liked what I saw from these two halfbacks, Malachi Thomas and is it Bashul Tutton? Is that how you say his name? I I, I did not hear the broadcast say it. I'm sure they did. Is it Bashul? Uh, no comment this time. No comment. Well, him, um, he ran the shit out of the ball. <laughs> he was really good. I liked what I saw from those three. I, I, I'm liking the developing identity that we're seeing here. I'm going to, I'll give them credit for that. They're doing things. <laughs> they are, they are making progress in a way that they had not before under pry. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them. It seems like they are getting somewhere. Uh, the other one here, Georgia Southern, as I said, 44, Georgia state, 27, did not expect this. Did not see this coming. Um, don't have a. I don't have a ton to add to it. I think the score says it pretty well. Georgia Southern played really well. Georgia Southern played really, really well. They, you know, they 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 forced turnovers when they needed to. The defense held in the spots that it needed to. I think situationally they were much better than Georgia State. Disappointing on the Georgia State side of things. I think that they probably should have gotten more out of this than they did. Marcus Carroll ran the shit out of the ball. A, a lot of really good running performances this week, and he was he was right there with them, and they just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. The passing attack was pretty disappointing, um, but I think Georgia Southern deserves some credit for that and some credit, like I said, for the situational play. They go and get it done, and they are, with James Madison, still not able, despite our, despite our pleading and every week us saying that they should be allowed to just win the East, Georgia Southern is now essentially the favorite in in the East because this was really the separation game there. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and, and I'm not going to say they're out of the woods yet. They play three conference road games in their final four weeks of the season. Yeah, uh, they're at Texas State, at Marshall, at App State. Um, those are that's you know one team that's in the thick of it uh, in the league as well, and two teams that are more talented than them. Even yeah. if they're kind of bad this yeah, season. Yeah, all, all three are um, losable games. All three are absolutely yeah, losable yeah. games. <laughs> And based on what we saw from Old Dominion this weekend, I would say Old Dominion can get them at home as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have four tricky games left, but they're in pole position right now with Georgia with James Madison not being eligible, like you said. Um, pretty good spot. You know, they have wins in hand over both Georgia State and Coastal Carolina, who are two of the three, two of the three teams, uh, two of the four teams, I guess, right below them in the rankings. Yep. Uh, if they beat Old Dominion and App State, they are pretty much in. Yep. Um, if they win those two games, I mean, that's that's really, really good spot to be in. They, you, you pretty much guarantee yourself a, a spot. Um, which is crazy for them to say, but uh, Davis Brand's been awesome this season. He was really good in this game. This was maybe um, his best game of the year. He he's been kind of up and down. I think this was very much this was the ideal Davis Brand. This is what you want from him. Yeah, yeah, big time. And I mean, the rushing attack was not good, but it didn't really matter that much. And and I mean, just by Georgia State gashed on the ground for almost three hundred yards. Um, yeah, man, they they won right. They find a way to win. Um, they really limited and and harassed Darren Granger. Um, I think you'll take that. They didn't get many sacks. They were kind of in his face all night. Yeah. Um, just a good win. Just a good, a solid win. Um, I mean, they pretty much won this game in the first half, right? They were up 27-7 at halftime and just kind of hung on from there. Um, yeah, credit to him. Credit to him. It's I, I hate to give credit to Clay Helton, but credit to him. Yep. Um, yep. Let's get into the Saturday slate. Yeah. yeah, so the big the big story from Saturday, the new in the noon slate, there was not – I would say not a ton going on <laughs> at noon, and this game did not, uh, a majority of this game did not happen within its actual time frame because it was delayed like, 
uh, what was it like an hour and a half or two hours by lightning but it does yeah. eventually resume play and kansas 38 oklahoma 33 they fucking did it they finally got one they've been they've been close they've been really close <laughs> a couple times under lance leipold to pulling off an like a like a really really big upset like this and they finally get one they beat oklahoma for I the the broadcast had the exact stat. I don't know how long it's been. It's been a minute since Kansas has beaten Oklahoma, um, and uh, they they get a top ten win at at, at home. Um, they really really tried not to win this game. J- Jason Bean specifically. This was not um, this was not a, an especially pristine Jason Bean performance. I, I would say, especially down the stretch. But they pull together just enough to uh, to go ahead with like 50 seconds left on a on a touchdown drive where I don't know what happened to Oklahoma's defense just kind of falls apart on that last drive. But Kansas goes and gets the job done and then holds defensively and wins the game. Dude, I, I'm I'm psyched. I'm psyched for this. This is awesome. They we've been we've been wanting Kansas to get this. We've been saying that Kansas is going to, this is the time that Kansas is going to do it, and they haven't been able to do it yet under Leipold. They've done just about everything else under him in terms of, you know, program improvement and taking the steps you want them to take. And then they finally, finally get it done here in kind of a roundabout way, but they do it. It counts all the same. Um, this is awesome. This is this is awesome. I, I love that they were able to uh, to pull it off. Yeah, like you said, you and I, I mean, I can speak for myself. I don't know about you. I was kind of cursing Jason Beans and name during this story. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the second half pissed. of this game. <laughs> I, I was he pissed. really did look like absolute shit. But look, a win's a win, man. Like, you, you take that win all day. Um, I, I If I recall correctly from the net success rate stuff from uh, Stats of War, Parker Fleming, yeah. uh, <clears throat> Oklahoma did really beat the shit out of this team mm-hmm. uh, on the success rate stuff. They're much more efficient. Um, both teams had three turnovers. Oklahoma had over a hundred yards and, and penalties. Um, but Kansas moved the football. Like it's a defense has been pretty good all season. Um, even if it looked ugly doing it, they still got some chunk plays. Um, which again, that's what you got to do to win these games. I think they had five or six plays of 20 plus yards. Yeah. Um, they hit some explosives. Um, you know, I thought, I thought Devin Yule was very good. I thought, you know, Daniel Henshaw coming in was, was solid as a, as a backup running back too. Um, I mean, they, they five and a half yards of carry all day on these guys. You got to take that. It's, you know, very, very solid. The offensive line was good. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma didn't get a single sack on them, barely any negative plays. I, I didn't check the habit rate, but I'm sure it's very low for Oklahoma. It's 3%. Uh, despite the turnovers. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. not very good. I mean. That's not very good. That'll do it, right? Yeah. Like no I mean... one except Key Lawrence like made a play. Um <laughs> like really made a play for this for this defense uh, in terms of just snap to snap, a couple interceptions, but yeah, that was mostly just being being terrible. I thought, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Billy Bauman looked decent for Oklahoma. He, he's a, he's a young player, but man, I don't know. Be, they, they, they look, they got a bad Bean game, and still and still got a huge upset over an undefeated uh, top six team. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, like reset the national picture of the playoff race. Yeah, and certainly the Big Twelve Conference. The Kansas's path to get there to the Big Twelve title is still pretty hard, um, but but they're in the mix, man. It's a lot easier now. It's 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 and it's easier for a lot of teams now, with uh, both Oklahoma and and Texas now having one conference loss. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a bad bean game, and that was what we said coming into the game. Like you can't have a bad bean game and win this game, and they did. They had a bad bean game, and they still won. 
Um, he did just enough on that Lightbolt last... Lightbolt rocks, dude. He's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Lightbolt is awesome. Bean did just enough on that last drive to get him, help him get down the field, and then I think it was Neil that finished it off with the touchdown run, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, mm-hmm. Where he should have gone down. He should have I mean, like, gone down. So. Yeah, he should have gone down, yeah. but the the <laughs> Kansas defense still manages to uh, to hold there with those those last 50 seconds. Um, on the Oklahoma side of things, the, the defense disappointing. I think the defense is getting worse as the season goes on, which is not usually what you what you want. Um, they're also getting more injured. They're they're going to be without who's the linebacker who was like their best players at Stutzman. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's out. He's injured. Um, and on, on the other side of the ball for Oklahoma, they they ran fairly well. Dylan Gabriel had three touchdown runs. They they Tawi Walker was kind of the lead guy for him here. I thought he ran pretty well. The passing game, and I can't entirely yeah. blame them because neither team could really pass. The weather was not good. The passing game here, Dylan Gabriel, not pretty. Not a pretty game from Dylan Gabriel. Really just could not get it going. Leading receiver was Drake Stoops. That is never good. That's not what you want. You don't want Drake Stoops to be your leading receiver. And they're really just no. the other guys here in this receiving core just not separating themselves. Not like literally not separating from defensive backs, but for also just not backs, standing yeah. out. Just not doing anything. Not really and, not really involved. And look, it's it's year two now for for Venables. Like at a certain point, I understand Lincoln Riley took all the good receivers, but like Man, you're Oklahoma, and you have a, I don't know, like still probably a top ten quarterback in college football. Like you got to convince some guys to be there in the portal. You you had to have done better than this. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just like you, you have to have better receiving talent than what they have. You have to recruit better. You have to land more in the portal um, because I think it's going to cost them what should be a like they sh- they should have been in the playoff this year for being Texas. Yeah. Like the, I understand Kansas is a good team. I'm trying to take this away from them, but like given the game that Kansas played, Oklahoma should have won this game, and it didn't because of its receiver talent. Yeah, and, um, and because of unforced errors, you know, turnovers like yeah. the, the pick six at the beginning of the game, penalties, way too many penalties. Um, and 101 yards on 10 penalties. That's too Jesus. many. <laughs> just that's just too many yards to be given up for free to an offense that will gladly take them to a team that will gladly take them. Um, and, uh, this is kind of, you know, I think really my last thing on this and my last thing on Oklahoma is kind of what we've been talking about with Jeff Levy, which is just that his offense, when it is what it wants to be, when it is going the, when the game is what it wants to be. And, and, you know, he can, he can operate it at, at tempo and everything is working. Then it's, you know, it, it puts up a bunch of points and he's in this job for a reason. And he's a bigger name and in, in coordinating circles for a reason when he doesn't have exactly what he wants. He sucks. He's rigid. He doesn't know how he doesn't have answers. He doesn't have answers for problems that might arise because he's just not very good. He's not a very good offensive coordinator. Um, I think they might want to uh, consider maybe a better offensive coordinator than him moving forward because he's just not very good he's just not very good at what he does yep yeah uh fuck that guy he's also a bad dude so it makes it easier to say fuck him that's true um <laughs> yeah cool so i i mean fuck oklahoma uh i'm very curious to watch the big 12 play out the rest of the way it is a uh, we're not going to do it all right now because it's you know we have a, a conference title a premium podcast to talk about uh but there is a big separation saturday coming next week in the big 12 uh, you have Bedlam, you have Texas hosting a, a, a Kansas State team we're going to talk about very soon that is resurgent. Um, you know, Iowa State, who somehow is tied for first in the league, plays Kansas. Um, it is a very, very big game where you have of the top uh, the top seven teams, there are three games between six of them, right? Only West Virginia plays a kind of minor 
uh, they even play on Saturday or are they off? Yeah, they play a minor game against BYU, who's not even far behind. BYU is yeah. pretty good, like pretty. Mm. They're not good, but they're <laughs> they're in the they, I guess are above five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like this is a a huge separation Saturday in this conference. It's going to give clarify the the conference title picture very quickly. Yeah. So I am excited to watch this one. Um, oh, and anytime Jeff Levy is involved, every Saturday is a separation. It's a lift in separation Saturday. Every time Jeff Levy is involved, the guy's got man boobs. I'm talking about his titties. <laughs> I'm talking about his man titties and this bra that he has to wear on the sidelines. Um, it's always a separation Saturday for that motherfucker. Uh, yeah, great win for Kansas. Glad to every t- Always glad to see something bad to ha- happen to Oklahoma, especially glad to see it happen at the hands of Lance Leipold, who gets the big win that he's been searching for. Just a huge, huge moment for that program. Very happy for them. Oh, yeah. Um, in the AAC, staying in the, I don't know what the, is it the Great actually, Plains? Let's, what, where do you want to uh, go next? I, I freaked the order. Let, let's, let's, uh, let's actually talk about Kansas State and just stay in the Big 12 for a second. Okay. Um, I don't have a ton to because, say about this one. They kicked the shit out of Houston. They, they, no, <laughs> yeah, it's just worth noting. That I don't have a ton to say either. They kicked the shit out of Houston 41 nothing. Over the last two weeks, they are now, they won 82-3 to of the last two games they played. Damn. Yeah. Um, they seem to have figured some stuff out. <laughs> yeah, they do. And also, we, we were roasting them for the Oklahoma State loss earlier, and we're going to talk about that team later. Yeah. Um, not that bad of a loss right now. Not no. not that bad of a loss at all. Uh, neither one is, to The last second loss at Missouri. Like, th- this Kansas State team, we probably gave a little too much shit to them. This is a very solid football team that is, I think, only uh, dogs by four and a half points at Texas. Yeah. Um, which basically means it's a two-point two game on a neutral field. Um, this is a legit football team that could very well still win the Big 12. Yep. Um, and I think is finding some answers. That's all I wanted to say about them. Yeah. But um, they are, they're definitely finding some, they're figuring some things out, I think, on both sides of the ball. The defense has been much improved these last couple weeks, and the offense has um, fixed its Will Howard problem, it looks like, at least for right now. He has not, uh, he's not shit his pants the last two weeks, which has been good. This was not even really a good Avery Johnson game. He was involved, I think he had two fumbles. Um, but I, I think having him in the arsenal has helped Will Howard out. It's, it's been just kind of a, a load off his shoulders to, to have that guy. Yeah. He takes fewer hits because yeah. they kind of require that quarterback run and <clears throat> yeah, you know, Will's not really built to built like that beating. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Avery Johnson's skinny as shit, like he's built for it, but he seems more willing to do it. Yeah. Um, if he, yeah, if he's taking the hits, it will not impact his game as severely because he's mostly running. It's not like he's going to start, you know, he's going to start throwing the ball really poorly because he's not throwing the ball that much. He does it a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I think that that is a, 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 reasonable solution right now for the middle of the season there's not a ton more you can do i think they've found some answers there um okay can we stay in the great plains now and go down to smu or do you have any other big 12 yeah this this is a quick one too but this is a complete fucking dismantling yeah Uh, 69 to 10 win over tulsa where it was like 52 to 3 at halftime and i if i recall correctly even like pretty early in the third in the second quarter they were uh they (laughs) hit the 40s they uh yeah they reached Let's see here. Uh, they reached 45 points with seven and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Damn. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh. just, uh, yeah. And they did that with Preston Stone, their starting quarterback, only throwing 20 passes. Yeah. Uh, he threw the ball 20 times for 371 yards and three touchdowns. He averaged 18.6 yards an attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's one of the most thorough ass kickings 
I can recall. They very easily could have gotten 700 yards and 70 points if they wanted to. They showed some restraint here. Yeah, they, they really kind of took their, their foot off the gas in the second half, and they still put up 69 points. They still they still added 17 more in the second half, even when they were very much like clearly not wanting to score. They just wanted to get the game over with, and they didn't. I don't think that Rhett Lashley wanted to like you know put a hundred on Tulsa or anything. This is for for SMU obviously you know huge <laughs> dominant performance. I will also I'm gonna say I the my company line throughout the year has been that SMU is not actually good. I'm still I'm still pretty much on that. The teams that they have kicked the shit out of the last two weeks are Temple and Tulsa. Come on, we're all. We're all maybe reacting a little bit too much to beating the shit out of two bad teams. I'd like to see them play somebody good here at some point, and they're going to in this uh, this this last month. They've got at Rice and at Memphis, both still on the schedule. More interested in those than I am in this. This is one where you kind of you look at SMU and you say that's a, you know a big you kick the shit out of them. You look at Tulsa and you have some you have some questions. I have some questions about what we're doing at Tulsa right now because. Holy shit. No resistance. Zero resistance to anything that SMU was doing. SMU could have just... It could have called one play the entire game and still won this by 40. Tulsa had nothing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these guys suck. These yeah. Guys I suck. mean, they're, they're yeah. really bad. Uh, the, the Urban Meyer coaching tree is very funny outside of Kyle Winningham. Yeah. Um, unless you're willing to count Luke Fickle for him, which I refuse to do. Um, no. Come on, this is bad. Dan Mullen's fired. I thought it was his other best one. He's got a bunch of losers in there. Just a whole bunch of losers. Um, I did see Texas A&M fans dismayed this week because they want to fire Steve Adazio as offensive line coach, mm-hmm. another urban special, and found out that the, if they did that, the uh, the QC for O-line <laughs> is Louis Adazio. <laughs> oh, man. It's Adazio's all the way down. You can't get rid of him. You've got him in the walls. You've got Adazio syndrome just in your program. You can't. Once he's in there, he's not going to get out. Um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. We love that. Uh, all right, Big Ten. We got two games here. Uh, first one here. This this is. I don't really even know. I don't know what's going on with Maryland, but Northwestern wins. Oh, they're bad. Yeah, they're, yeah. Northwestern beats Maryland. Third straight loss for the Terps. Thirty three twenty seven. Um, Northwestern's five hundred. I'll give them credit first before I shit on Maryland. That's awesome. That that you, I we we were. We came into the year, I think, fairly thinking that Northwestern might not win a game this year. They've won four. They're four and four. Um, I, I think that, that that team has done a really remarkable job of handling the circumstances that they're, you know, faced with this season. I think that staff has done a really good job of, of you know, just keeping those guys upright and keeping them pointing in the right direction. And uh, they they take advantage of a Maryland team that is just collapsing, just absolutely collapsing. It's really, really nasty right now for for Maryland. It is really bad. There's not there's not a whole lot here that is even spinnable. Like I I think Talia played like shit. I think the the offensive line is dreadful. I think the defense is really bad. This team sucks. This team just sucks. They're really, really shitty in what was supposed to be a big year for them. Yeah, I mean they had a real chance to go like a, a very easy path to go nine and three and have their their first ranked finish since 2010 and um i mean just just have absolutely like as you said absolutely collapsed i mean the illinois loss at home is it's hard to pick between which one's worse between those two um i mean probably northwestern i guess right but but also like as you said northwestern deserves a lot of credit for being four and four at this point yeah um and like a bowl game is not out of reach at all no um you know you have like Iowa this week is 
Iowa, they can lose any game based on how little offense they have. Probably not going to beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin has lost some of their best players to injury. Uh, Purdue and Illinois are awful. Like, Northern's are going to make a bowl game, man. Like, which is also even more reason that they should be happy that Pat Fitzgerald got himself fired, even if the context of how it happened is horrible. Um, you kind of locked into a decent coach here, it seems like. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see where they where they go with this, both within the season and then beyond. Um, because I think that there are going to be some very interesting questions there about what you uh, what you do moving forward after having a season like this, because this has they've they have exceeded our expectations pretty wildly, and I think even you know the the highest expectations that anybody could have had for this team. I I certainly did not think they were going to be four and four at this point. So credit to them, Maryland uh, in the toilet. They're they're circling the drain. There you are. They are done. I am done with them. I have no interest in Mike Loxley. I'm good. I'm going to pass on Mike Loxley. I think just in general, <laughs> not a not a good program. Not not really doing anything of interest to me. Um, Next up here in the Big Ten, staying in the Big Ten East for this one, Penn State 33, Indiana 24. Uh, ugly, 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 ugly game from Penn State. Very, very realistic possibility here that they could have lost this game. I think they, they did not. I can't remember exactly what the number was on Bill Connolly's postgame win expectancy. I think it was below 50%. Um, Indiana had quite a few opportunities to go and win this game and just did not, didn't do it really you know, cowardly from Tom Allen as usual, which is in, in no in no real surprise. They had a chance to spring a road upset over Penn State, and he opted for a field goal and and just kind of played that way the whole game. Um, but Penn State just doesn't just doesn't move me right now. They they really really don't look they don't look competent. <laughs> Not even good. They don't look competent. They don't look like a top twenty five no. team. They played like shit. No, they were absolutely horrible. I mean, they only had like a net success rate of around 5% over, over fucking Indiana. And Indiana is, you know, identifiably one of the worst teams in the entire FBS. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was embarrassing. I mean, look, you, you get a win. Uh, it, it just looked like absolute shit. I mean, like, it's hard to say it any other way. These guys have have nothing. Cooked. I think they're going to get killed by Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, <laughs> I, I, it's just... I don't know. I don't know what to say about them, dude. These guys are these guys are a joke. They're they're an absolute joke. It's just the same thing forever uh, with James Franklin. It, it's always going to be this way. This is who he is. Uh, he's the problem. That's it. Like you could get a better coach. You could hire Mike Elko tomorrow if you didn't give this guy you know ninety million dollars, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you could get a serious coach if you wanted to, and they don't have one. Nope. Um, nope. They don't so, have one. They're just gonna keep doing this. Uh, last one here in the news. I guess really, really oh. quick. I was really. I guess the one improvement for Penn State, if you want to take a positive away from this, yeah, is after like after Franklin ridiculed a media member for suggesting they you know pass the football deep and it could help the offense. Um, they did finally do that. <laughs> they hit a huge explosive to Keandre Lambert Smith, who does still suck by the way. Yeah. Um, but they hit some passes downfield and. Uh, shockingly, it made things look a little easier for the offense overall. Um, <laughs> Not that much easier, but a, a little bit. Yeah, yeah it, it was yeah. enough to win the game. <laughs> that's that's what they needed more than anything was just enough to win the game. Um, yeah, these guys suck. I, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty solid in in thinking that Michigan is going to kick the shit out of them. I I don't I don't see that being competitive because Penn State's just not there right now and probably won't be under James Franklin because it's just it seems like it's just going to be this. Um, Last one here in the noon slate. I don't have anything to add to this other than the score, really, but Florida State 41, Wake Forest 16. 
never really close. Florida State, no issues with sleepwalking here. Takes care of business, and I, I mean, the path for them, I think, is as is as clear and 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 as easy, honestly, the rest of the way as anybody towards the towards the college football playoff. I don't, I don't really see them losing. I, I, they 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 just they took care of business, and they they continue to take care of business here. Yeah, it seems like those kind of um, sleepwalking games are behind them. The defense, especially, is really coming along. Yeah, um, the offense had been elite the entire time, but the defense is is kind of you know picking it up now too. Um, that's four straight very very comfortable wins. Um, yeah, and like you said, Pitt up next. Not concerned there. I'm talking about Pitt and they're on, they're on the right a little bit here. Uh, Miami's collapsing. North Alabama is an FCS team, and Florida has no juice. Yeah, I mean they should. I don't think they should play a one-score game the rest of the way, including a potential ACC title game. I don't think Louisville or Virginia Tech or whoever ends up playing that game could could stay within one score of these guys. They they should go through the entire season with, you know, not playing a, a one-score game after September. Yeah. Um, just yeah. I mean, they're they're one of the best teams in the country and also have an easy schedule. Yeah, and, and I, I am encouraged by it. Seems like they have rediscovered their ability to to pull out the the kill shot. Uh, they had one here. I think it was a screen pass that Trey Benson housed. Um, I think it was Trey Benson. I don't remember who it was. Somebody housed a screen pass and just put the game away before halftime. And and that was something they were really really good at last year. And we had not seen a ton of this season. They've been able to do that these last couple weeks. Um, that is, that's what I wanted to see. I, I wanted to see them with that, that extra gear of just when they have the chance to go and put a game away early of doing it, of having that big play and just, just ending it. And they've been better at doing that. They did it here as well. Um, staying in the ACC as we move into the afternoon, NC State 24, Clemson 17, Clemson is dead. Clemson is completely dead. I Clemson had nothing going on here against an NC State team that had even more of nothing going on. Clemson still couldn't get it done. <laughs> um, Cade Klubnik is not good. He's just not. He's not good at anything. He's not good at anything that he does. They don't trust him to do anything. He threw the ball almost fifty times, and he just it was two hundred and thirty-seven yards. That's not the math. Yeah, there is call, not call very good. I think two sixty-three was the final stat. But yeah, okay. I mean. Uh, call me crazy, but I'm beginning to think if you have all these highly rated quarterbacks in a row and all of a sudden they start sucking, it might be a more of a system problem. Yeah, seems I'm beginning like to think Davo is at fault. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like this might be a Davo issue. Um, Phil Moffa, I thought, was okay for them on the ground, but, like, that was it. <laughs> that was it. They could not – they couldn't go down the field and win this game. They couldn't even go down the field and tie the game. They were – they're just listless. They're yeah. totally listless. They're directionless. NC State did not play particularly well and still won the game yeah. and, and, and did so comfortably wouldn't be the right word, but it won <laughs> and and had this one shut down at the end. They they closed out the Clemson offense, and I think they were able to kneel out the game. Like, that's – they even in a game where they didn't play well, they still won. And that Clemson's just out. They're just done. They're, there's no more Clemson. Yeah. They're, they're not what they were. It's over. It's completely over. Someone else, I, I forget who it was. I wish I had the, maybe it was Bill Connolly. I wish I had the credit to say it, but yeah. uh, pointed out that like, I believe Clemson has a new athletic director uh, and yeah, they are the, going to have to try to commit. The old one went to Miami, right? That's right. That's right. They're going to have to try to convince Dapo, who has all of the contract leverage and clout in the world with his fan base um, to start coaching correctly and using the transfer portal. Yeah. And he just has no reason to say yes, except for, you know, I guess if he wants to win games, which doesn't seem like he cares about very much. Uh, but if he does want to win games, you know, like <laughs> he just start doing that, but I don't think he has any reason to. 
Yeah. Um, also, I mean, to make matters worse, you know, Will Shipley was Will Shipley was concussed in this game. Um, they they only had six carries. That's why he had so few carries. And uh, if he's out for another week, I mean, they're gonna like they're gonna lose their game anyway. It could get ugly if they don't have Shipley. Yeah. Yep. And I I think it probably will. That would be my guess is that it gets ugly. Um. Do you want to talk about Notre Dame here real quick? Notre Dame beats the really just beats the piss out of Pitt, fifty-eight to seven, and uh, and and Pat Narduzzi after the game gets up to the podium and just says that his team sucks, that his roster sucks, and that they they have bad players. Um, and he's right, but you shouldn't say it because it was your job to recruit the players and you did a shitty job. Um, fifty-eight to seven here, just uh, really an ass kicking, never never competitive. Yeah, and, and by the way, I'm like he's partially right. Like a lot of these guys do suck right like their quarterback play top to bottom is bad um and the wide receivers aren't good either but like you know maybe hiring i guess not that brian ferentz is going to resign the guy who could take over the, the crown as the worst coordinator in the fbs uh deserves some scrutiny too like you had a good offensive system with good offensive players a good line yeah and you intentionally <laughs> threw it away because you didn't like not being like the star of your team um it's his fault like it's his fault when it's roster management or staff management, the way this offense looks and the way the players look shitty is because he hired a bad coach who has a system that actively like hurts their development mm-hmm. and it makes them regress. Yeah. Um, you know, there are a couple of ha- a handful of bright spots for this pit team, but they're few and far between. And now you have players like quote tweet dunking on you after the game, your own active players in the locker room, your ex players. Like he has lost, the locker room, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I have no faith the next time will be better. I think he's just too much of a pigheaded idiot to learn from this mistake. Uh, he'll ha- he'll have to replace Signetti, but it's not going to be anybody good knowing him. I I'd be shocked if it was a good hire. Yeah. Um, even Whipple kind of fell ass backwards into a good offense. Like Mark Whipple wasn't a good OC, right? Um, he's doing okay for Nebraska, I guess, but I don't think Mark Whipple's good. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of just there. And, uh, is he even still there? I I don't know. Because I think go? Let's find didn't out. they didn't they replace his Where'd ass with one of the Satterfields? Oh, I um, guess he was there last year. Yeah, yeah. He's not coaching right now. Okay. Um. Well, he's doing a good job I mean, of it. He's he's yeah, he's rocking it as not coaching anymore. That's uh, that's a good <laughs> position for him. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. Look, fuck Pat, man. I, I hate this guy. I, I've hated this guy for a long time. And now they're buried with like the buyout numbers aren't public because Pitt is not a public school. It's state related, which is also yeah. a problem Pennsylvania's government I could get into for a while. Uh, but they have somewhere north of a $35 million buyout on this guy. So they don't really have any way to put the screws on him either. No. Uh, he has full control here. Um, and, and you have to hope he just stops being stupid for one hire to get this fixed or else you're cooked again next year and a few years after that. Yep, and you're probably going to lose a bunch of players too, so that'll be cool. That's uh, I'm sure that that'll all go really well, uh, Pitt, with a new, presumably a new offensive coordinator and also a bunch of new players after the ones who can find another school uh, do so because I just I have a hard time seeing anybody voluntarily sticking around for this because this sucks. They're not going anywhere. Um, let's stay in the ACC here for two more games. Miami goes to overtime and wins against Virginia 29-26. to Virginia can't quite get it done here, but I, I, I did think was Virginia showing signs of life. I will give them credit, showing signs of life. They were competitive here. They obviously were competitive, competitive enough to send it to overtime. Um, on the Miami side of the equation, it it seems like it's probably just over this season. It seems like it's just about done. They do not have 
they do not have the juice. The defense has regressed. The offense has regressed. They have just, there's no, I don't really know what the identity is right now. They're not aggressive. They're not really good at anything that they do. Tyler Van Dyke is, this was a shitty yeah. game from yeah. him. He's He's just, you know, Mark Fletcher had yeah. the had the touchdown run to win it in overtime, and you know that was good. But that was about it that they did on the ground. They are they're just not very good. They're just not very good, and this is not really a team that you should be going to overtime with. No, no, it definitely is not. Um, I, I mean, look, like it's nice Virginia. They're competitive right now. I think that's something they should be proud about. They they were in a really bad way the last couple seasons and I mean getting getting back-to-back wins you know even if one of them is William and Mary like beating North Carolina and taking Miami all the way to the whistle yeah um easily could have won the game it was was not it was not like they I don't think they really fucked it up it just it just didn't go the right way for them but easily could have won the game yeah and every team they've lost to this season is five and three or better um which i don't think all those teams are good like i'm not i'm not exactly sitting here pounding the table for boston college maryland and nc state but you've lost to you know six competent football teams yeah potentially bowl Um, teams like yeah teams that probably are gonna go bowling yeah and you played four of them in one score games um like you have to be happy about the fight they've shown um they have a real chance to get some wins here going forward like you have georgia tech coming to coming to town next week um who also got a big win of their own we're going to talk about but but i mean they're beatable uh Probably not going to win at Louisville on a Thursday night, but uh, I mean, you have uh, Duke of Virginia Tech coming to town as well. Duke is obviously reeling with some injuries and yeah. seems to be falling apart a little bit in their own way. Like you have some winnable games left in the schedule. You're not going to make a bowl game, no. but you can still have a respectable finish where you were pretty proud of the way your guys fought after playing a hard schedule. Uh, I mean, that is you're likely to have played and, and probably lose to like eight bowl teams in this season. Um, that's tough. You get a bad break sometimes, but I mean, a credit to them. Fuck Miami. They are exactly who we thought they were. Yeah. Uh, they have completely collapsed. I know they just won back-to-back games, but they did against shitty Virginia and, and Clemson teams. Yeah. Um, these guys are are cowards who who, you know, had that collapse in short attack and then fell apart mentally. Exactly, who we thought they were. They yeah. they don't have any juice to the program. They don't They're love probably football. Gonna lose. They just don't love no. football. There's there's no. They're gonna finish yeah. eight and four, seven and five. Fuck these guys. Yeah. Fuck these guys. Last one in the ACC. You just alluded to it, but Louisville twenty-three, Duke zero. Um, impressive, really, really impressive from Louisville. Duke did have Riley Leonard in this game in, a, I would say, a very limited capa- capacity. Um, he, he is, he's struggling. He's struggling pretty bad, I think, with the injuries that are piling up on him. Um, yeah. And Duke just, just couldn't get anything going. Absolutely could not get anything going. Louisville, I think, deserves credit for that. Louisville ran the ball well. Jawar Jordan had a big game. Um, and uh, Louisville takes care of business here. I'm still, like... I don't know. Somebody's going to have to be in that other spot to play Florida State, and Louisville is pretty well positioned right now. I still don't really, I don't really buy it with these guys because their passing attack is not good. Jack Plummer's not good, but the defense really impressive here and, and gets the job done in a big win for them. Yeah, and Brom is also doing a good job of shielding them away from like the worst parts of Plummer. Yeah. Right, like that's been a key. Yeah, he's not throwing. That's very been much. a key benefit. <laughs> he's just yeah. not throwing the ball a lot. No. And that's obviously not how Brom wants to play football, right? We know that very, very well. That is not his desired outcome, but he's doing what it takes to win a lot of games, and they're winning a lot of games. I mean, they they have some competitive ones coming up, but like you said, someone's got to win the ACC, and they're in as good a position as anybody, right? I, I mean, like they 
They should beat Virginia Tech at home. I mean, Christ, they should. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, you get. I mean, Virginia Tech, Virginia is talked about feisty. Those are two feisty teams, teams that are clearly worse than you. And you finish out with you know a really Miami and Kentucky, who, who's your rival, and yeah. um, you get three home games in your final four. If you win Virginia and sorry, win Virginia Tech and two others, you're you're probably looking at a top fifteen finish and an ACC title game appearance. Yeah. Um, that's a very very good season. You're one of the problems. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give him credit because this is something that we complain about a lot with coaches. He's done a really good job of adjusting to the strengths and weaknesses of this roster and going away, like you said, from what he obviously wants to do. This is not the way that he wants to win football games in his ideal world. It's not with you know a, a pretty good defense and a rushing attack and a passing attack that can't do anything. Um, but he has adapted, and he's winning games. He's He's not just being stubbornly committed to whatever it is that he wants to do. Um, he is, he's adjusting and he is, you know, having success from, you know, from doing that credit to him, credit to that staff for being willing to get outside of their comfort zone and do what they have to do to, you know, get this roster where it needs to be. That is not common (laughs) in in this sport. And I I think that it does deserve some, some praise. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Uh, and we're looking at you. We're talking about this, Pat Narduzzi and Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're looking at you guys. Yeah. Uh, credit to Louisville. They're they're having a great season and uh, they deserve it. Uh, Pat, where do you want to go next? Let's hit a couple G five games here real quick. Memphis survives against North Texas, forty five to forty two, with a last minute touchdown. Stays alive in the AAC. Um, I didn't see anything here that that changes my view on Memphis, which is that it's not very good. I just. I just don't think they're very good. I, they they get they do enough to win the game here. Very nearly did not do enough to win the game here. North Texas scores late and has a lead late, but Memphis scores the game winner. Um, it's better than losing, but not by a ton. And <laughs> not winning over hearts and minds here. I don't think they. I just don't think they're very good. No, no, they are not. Um, I don't know, but I guess they're in the game. Yeah, um, they're in the game. I which, think for for now they are in the game. Um, in the MAC, very surprising. This was I was not expecting this. I did not think that Miami had this in them without Brett Gabbert. But thirty to sixteen win at Ohio uh, takes control back of the MAC East and is in in pole position here. There, uh, I, I I think Buffalo might be positioned to make some noise because they still have all three of the the top teams in this conference they have ohio they have miami and they have toledo still on the schedule but miami in good position here and gets a really really impressive win without their quarterback who they're they're going to be without for the rest of the season as we talked about last week um ohio on the ohio side of things disappointing it's been a disappointing season from these guys they, they should be better than they are the offense especially should be better than it is i don't know i don't know what's gone wrong there but uh, yeah. Miami. It turns out you don't gotta hand it to Tim Elvin. Yeah, I, I guess I guess so. <laughs> I guess you don't. Miami did not um, didn't move the ball particularly well here. They ran pretty well, and that was enough. And they uh, they get the job done. Another another good win for them, and and a really impressive response in what could have been a very bad situation for them with losing their quarterback last week, with losing to Toledo in the way that they did. And they respond the right way, and they're they're now you know back in control of their destiny. Yeah. And I mean, the only two losses they have in the season are likely to be teams that are not quite ranked, but in that top like 30, 35 range. Um, two 
understandable losses to to Miami of Florida and, and to Toledo. I mean, that's um yeah. It's been a pretty good year, and I, I think they still have a very chance to win everything in front of them here. Like you said, Buffalo's got a shot to upset them, but I mean Akron at home and Ball State in the road, they're two of their their three final games. Um and you can handle look, that. Look, you got <laughs> you can handle that and you gotta take care of it against Buffalo too, coming to your house. Uh, um go do the thing, man. Go do it. Yep. You've the, the hardest is out of the way. I, I think they have done the, the hardest of the work that they're gonna have to do. Just close it out. Uh last one yep. in the G five here, and then we have a couple more in the P five to get through in the afternoon. Tulane thirty, rice twenty eight. Um, I thought Rice was really good here. I was, I've been impressed with Rice throughout the season. They obviously don't do quite enough to get the job done, but I like a lot of what they're doing. I, I think they are making progress and building off of last season's, you know, bowl berth. In a very, they they got there in a funny way because I think it was a, it was a, a five and seven APR related one, but it counts the same. It's still a bowl berth. Um, I thought they played well here. They they moved the ball fairly well. Tulane just does enough just enough to get the job done Michael Pratt with a late touchdown to uh to win this one I'm I've been concerned about Tulane I remain concerned about Tulane they're they're take they're cutting it a little bit close for my liking and they've been doing it too often these last couple weeks I would like to see more from them especially as it gets a little bit tougher here down the down the final stretch of the season but they stay alive both for the you know at the top of the AAC they're still unbeaten in conference play and for potentially the New Year's six bid I think they're going to need some help there specifically from Air Force but uh, they're they're still there they still just have the one loss and they they survive and keep moving forward yeah yeah big time um it's uh look man i mean a season like this when they lost as much both in the roster and the coaching staff as they did last season um to be in this position to even be in, in a, like you know spinning distance of, of the new year six g5 game yeah is very very impressive and I, I think they deserve a ton of credit for that uh you mentioned pratt but just a lot of guys step up on this team um you know i think it's it's a good year and you know look you've got uh, you got games remaining against uh, FAU and UTSA. Uh, obviously, you know East Carolina and Tulsa the schedule as well, but not too worried about those guys. No, um, you, you can uh, you can put away and, and guarantee yourself a title berth. You just win those two games. Um, SMU looks dangerous. UTSA is figuring some things out, but um, you know they they are still certainly the betting favorite to win the AAC and, and deserve credit for that. Yep. Um, also in the afternoon here, <laughs> a testament to what this game was that we haven't talked about it until right now, Oregon 35, Utah 6, uh, just an ass kicking, really just an ass kicking. It was never, it was never close. Oregon came in and blew the doors off of them. Um, this was very much a, you know, a, a game that we had circled as, as interesting as a potential upset spot. Utah has done it to teams before. No dice here. Oregon, no interest at all in letting that happen. Uh, threw the ball really well, ran the ball fairly well. Bucky Irving, I thought, was pretty good. He did have a fumble, but he found the end zone. Uh, Bo Nix played well. They just comprehensive, really impressive from Oregon, who I, I think is, as we have said, just one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, held Utah to 3.7 yards of play, just a suffocating effort from them. Um, here's what, know, a, yeah, this, this is what a real team looks like against this Utah offense. This is what it should look like. If you are a, if you are an actual, an actual serious program, which, uh, USC is not, <laughs> we're going to talk about in just a second. This is what it should look like for your defense. Cause this offense is just not, it's not there and it's not going to be there without cam rising. Um, and, yeah, uh, I, I, I do have to this. say, I have to say though, like 
I understand he's human and the guy can only play so many reps, but only getting six carries for Sioni Vaki after what he's done this season. Yeah. Five carries, sorry. Five carries for Sioni Vaki after what he's done this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they just thought they were out of it immediately and didn't want to keep pressing, but I don't really understand that game plan. Yeah. Um, five touches all day for him. It's just, it's really hard to stomach. Yeah. When your offense is struggling as severely as this one is, might be worth considering just putting him on that, on that side of the ball. I know he's a really good safety. I feel like the defense could better absorb not having him than the offense could. I think the offense needs all the help it can get. I would not, um, I would not mind if they just did that. Cause I think they need him pretty bad on that side of the ball to just survive at this point. He is the, he's really the only thing that that offense has and they just, they didn't yeah. use him enough. And I, I think and look, what are you saving him for also? Like the, yeah. this was kind of the season. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Um, frustrating here for, for Utah, just never, never really competitive. One of the worst losses I think we're, we have seen from this program in a while. This is not usually how you beat these guys. And, and yeah, I mean, been, the COVID year was bad, but the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, not really, not really in the same in the same realm as uh, as Oregon. Oregon takes care of business. No. Um, also, still, still a chance to go nine and three. I'll say, but that Arizona game is looking real tricky all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It's uh, interesting. Interesting times. Utah is not again not going to live up to I think what it maybe could have been this season. And I don't know that it's entirely their fault with Rising being being injured and not being able to play this year, but disappointing all the same that this just keeps kind of happening with these guys because I think that they should have I think they should have more out of this run than they have gotten at this point and obviously they have Pac-12 championships and those are great but it would be nice to see them not do this at some point where they just they just take two or three losses and they're out of it nationally um before november it it, it seems like it's a common a common thread at this point for them um also in the Pac-12 here USC 50 Cal 49 Cal had this one uh, down to a two-point conversion try in the last seconds of the game. Drives down, scores a touchdown, could have won it. I didn't love the two-point conversion play call. I, I, I think that the decision to go for it there is objectively correct. I don't You don't take it to overtime. Um, but uh, without Jaden Ott there down the stretch, he was he was injured. They just can't, they can't find their way to get to however many yards it is, two, two and a half or three or whatever it is for the, the two-point conversion. And USC survives. Um, USC looks like shit. USC is, I think we have just about, I think we've just about said it with these guys. It's the same stuff we've been saying. They're just not good. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win a game the rest of the way. No. Um, obviously, Washington is struggling a little bit right now, and, and I don't think UCLA is all that good, but both those teams are good enough to beat USC. Um, let's just get them out of the paint, please. Let's just finish this off because Washington just... Just, just do your job this yeah. week. Just finish the job. Yep. Yeah. Last one here in the afternoon, Georgia 43, Florida 20. I have nothing. I, I did not watch a second of this. I have nothing to say about this. I don't care. This is about what we were expecting. Um, Georgia takes care of business against a juiceless, as you said, Florida team. Yeah, it's just, um, I guess it's just annoying that we let Florida get this many wins. Yeah. Um, well, South I, Carolina I didn't, off the hook. I didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do it either. <laughs> but South Carolina off the hook, Tennessee didn't show up. Just kind of annoying that they, I don't know, they'll probably still make a bowl game, right? They're probably going to beat Arkansas this week and be bowl eligible. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, they'll still finish 6-6 six and six and they're bad. We know that. But, like, it would have been nice to see them miss the bowl. I mean, that's what they deserved. Um, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, Georgia... Georgia gave up a, a, a first drive touchdown, and then after that, reeled off 36 consecutive points, and the game was over. Yeah. Um, 
I, I will say, like, again, not a ton to take away. We know Florida sucks. I know all this. But Carson Beck is really fucking good. Um, sure. I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, 19 to 28 for 315, 11.3 yards an attempt. Um, that is a very good game. His, his stats on the year now, he is completing 73% of his passes at 14.4 yards an attempt uh, and, and a sub 2% interception rate. Yeah. Um, the kid's good, man. The kid's really good. Yeah. Uh, that those are what numbers look like. They're doing without Brock Bowers or find some other receiving options. Um, you know, Lad McConkey had 136 yards in this game, um, <laughs> which is, I guess, funny. But you know, it's not like a lot of the other players they brought in have looked good. Like Rara Thomas has done much. It's kind of just been, you know, Bowers when he's healthy with McConkey and Love it. Like they don't have a, I don't know. It, it, it's nothing. They're not doing anything crazy special. They're just kind of showing up for big games and sleepwalk with the rest and um they've got three ranked games in a row here i feel like we still don't know a ton about georgia but we're going to find out a lot really fast they play missouri Ole miss and tennessee back to back to back um so yeah looking forward to either we're going to clear out the rest of the sec so we stop taking these teams seriously or we're going to uh you know see georgia lose i'm happy with either outcome yep um yep either one is good just as long as we don't have to linger on the sec for a whole lot longer because i'm uh i'm sick of it i'm sick of the i'm sick of the sec it is not good it's not like there's just oh there's just too many good teams they're they're all sticking around like no it's it's not there's a bunch of bad teams um ready to be done with it saturday evening a couple of (laughs) very strange results here and i don't think any stranger than boise state 32 wyoming 7 um, the, I'm not going to give Boise State any credit because I don't do that. That's not that's not how I operate. I'm not doing that shit. Um, this was a this was to me a I, I would say a Chekhov's gun game for Wyoming, where all of the things that we saw throughout the season that we see and just the design of the the way that this team wants to operate, where they they work with very small margins. They are they're very much about situational football and, and and winning those moments and they're really good at it but it is a there's a level of precarity to that uh with the way that they operate and with the fact that this just you know Andrew Peasley has been walking a tightrope all season and the the rushing attack has been kind of shaky at times and all of this stuff um all of it shows up here at once in a a just a really really awful showing from Wyoming. Truly awful. One of the worst performances I have seen this season from anybody. Um, it all sucked here. Every single issue that yeah. had been. I mean, 112 yards of offense. Dude. Yeah, every single issue that had been just kind of looming and that they were able to overcome in these situational, you know, these these great moments of situational play and and all of that stuff and forcing turnovers and the defense stepping up when it needs to and all of that. They didn't get any of it here. It all just fell apart on them. And and Boise State was the you know the beneficiary, but. I, this was Wyoming shitting the bed. This was just a disastrous Wyoming game. They were awful. They were awful for four quarters. Yeah, I mean, worth noting, too, like, this could have been worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were outgained by over 300 yards. Uh, they recovered both fumbles and Boise State mixed a kick. Like, this easily could have been a 45-7 to seven blowout, like, even worse than it was. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it changes the perception that much, but, yeah, really bad day for Wyoming. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about it, but Boise State's all of a sudden, you know, right back in the mix in the Mountain West. Yeah. Uh, we'll I mean, they are they that. are 3-1. and one. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. But but as it stands today, they're in the game. Yeah. Um, so, we'll yeah. see. Um, yeah, Washington looked like shit again. Uh, we have that one on the list here um they they won over stanford 42 33 but just kind of a weird 
sleepy, bad game for them. Um, at a certain point, I don't know if it's sleepwalking. It's kind of just who they are. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. In in the in in the month of October, it is who it was who they were outside of the Oregon game. And in, in at the start of the season, it was not who they were. They weren't doing this. This is more right. of a recent development. But it's it's a couple weeks running now, and it does become it becomes a concern. It, it becomes a concern. I, I think that the offense was obviously better here than it was against Arizona State. They scored. They scored plenty. They put forty two points on the board, and and that was an improvement, you know, that's, that's more of what we wanted to see from them. I thought Michael Penix was generally good. Um, they, they, yeah, did, he, they, his one interception was, you know, off of Odunze's hands. Yeah. Um, it happens. Did you see that play? That was insane. Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, it's one of he those. He sucked, man. Odunze had a bad day. Yeah. And, and, but they, they still managed to, they, you know, they overcome that Jalen Polk played well, had two touchdown receptions. Um, and they, they go out and they, they, get it done the the defense was the issue here and I will I mean I've been talking up Stanford's offense as interesting all season I'm gonna echo I'm gonna echo that again here Ashton Daniels is good I'm I'm he's just good he's a good player he's he's really he's doing a lot with not much on this offense um he played really well uh Alec uh Iomenor had another really good game here he is yeah. establishing himself Tyler uh Tiger rather Bachmeyer played well uh, also um any relation to hank i wonder i, I can't, a very common name i can't imagine that it's a yeah a super common name i'm gonna i'm gonna look yeah that they're up. both from california it's gotta be okay um well it's Damn. a it's a small state and so you know if you, if you got well two i, mean, I don't know like same... it's not that common of a last yes not that yes common, it is yeah. yeah they are brothers he also has here this is interesting has four siblings hank ella bear and bucky so we've got tiger bear bucky and then hank and ella what happened where, huh. where is, is Hank Bachmeyer his legal name, or is like I mean that's usually a Henry, right? I'm uh, it's I'm listed here, here as Hank uh, on this is on the Stanford the Stanford website. Apparently, uh, old Tiger started an acapella club with his brother Bear. So Bear and Tiger the acapella club um in, in high school. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, you have you have you have. <laughs> I don't know. This personal you, you bio with... section is insane. Go this, ahead and say your thing, and then I'm going to tell the... you about it here. This naming stuff sucks. Like, if you're going to have, you know, Bear and Tiger, you got to go Lion, not Bucky. What the fuck? Like, yeah. finish the job. What happened? Yeah, so it, it says here in his personal section, um, enjoys, it, it's really going to get crazy here. It starts off pretty normal. Enjoys playing guitar, harmonica, and piano. Okay, that's standard. Drawing, uh, also pretty standard. Modeling, acting, flying airplanes, Sing, it says signing. I'm guessing that pr- probably means singing, unless it's signing. It could be signing. Uh, riding horses and breakdancing. That's an amazing... <laughs> That's an amazing list of interests. Let's that's, go, dude. That's so many hobbies to have. Um, it also says here, interested in majoring in computer science. That's a fun way to put that. <laughs> just, he's just interested in it. He's not he's doing intrigued. it quite yet. He's intrigued. He's, oh, my God. Have you seen a picture of this kid? This is this, I, I love he this He has long-ass hair. I he's, know that. He's got some long-ass like hippie hair. This kid rocks. Shout out to the Bachmeyer family, which seems to be completely insane. Um, anyway, I thought Stanford's offense was good here. Stanford obviously keeps itself in the game for quite some time. Washington puts it away. Um, yeah, I, I would I would like to see more from Washington. Same as we said last week, I'd like to see more. Um, it's gonna get it's get it gets tougher. They have USC, I think, this week, right? Don't 
Don't do that in that game. I think Washington should win. We've made our thoughts on USC very clear. Just play like you should. Play like you can. Play like you did, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm curious to watch it play out. I feel like I, I, I like Washington losing to USC is the exact kind of horseshit Pac-12 result that we get every season that just pisses you and me off and makes us look bad for our faith in the conference. So I'm kind of expecting that to happen. Yep. Yep. I fear that, that is a possibility. I think Utah could also still do some crazy shit here at some point down the season. But um yeah, just just want to see more from them. Don't want them to see don't want to see them use lose to USC. That would be a really devastating result for us personally. Um yeah. Next up, Kentucky gets a good game from Devin Leary. He has his first good game of the season and still loses. Loses 33 to 27 to Tennessee. The defense kind of falls apart here ugly football game i know the final score is not usually something you would think like oh this was ugly this was pretty ugly i i was just you know you, I, I kept an eye on this one throughout and did not like a whole lot of what i saw on either side i thought joe milton was fine um jalen wright played pretty well had a big i think he had a big touchdown run um I just don't think either of these teams is very good I, I tennessee gets the job done gets an impressive road win but I, it feels like these are both kind of just also rans in the SEC East. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I tend to agree. I think Missouri has just taken their spot. But I don't know. Like Tennessee, even if I don't think they're good, this is a team that absolutely deserves to be ranked at this point. Um, I don't know. I mean, getting a road win at Kentucky, they were competitive with Alabama before they shut their pants. Yeah. Good win over Texas A&M. Good win over UTSA, who seems to be figuring some stuff out. Like, this is a, I don't know, it's a solid football team. It's clearly pretty disappointing, and I think Joe Milton's just puts the ceiling on what they can do. Yeah. But putting up this much offense on a very good Kentucky defense is impressive. Like, Milton was 18 of 21. Like, he got everything that he had to get. They had almost 500 yards of offense. Rushing attack was working. They shut down Kentucky's rushing attack, which had, you know, been very good in other games. Um and, and I don't know, Kentucky had its best Devin Leary game of the season. It still doesn't matter. Um, I think it's an impressive win for for Tennessee, all things considered. I don't think Tennessee is a, a like New Year's Six contender or anything of that nature, but I think they are a clearly a pretty solid team that probably finishes ranked in my estimation. Yeah. Um, still got to play Georgia, which is <laughs> going to sting, as well as Missouri on the road. So I don't know if they actually have enough wins to finish ranked, but this looks like an 8-4 and four football team with a few good wins and, and a chance maybe to do something more if they can get a scoring upset here late in the year. Yep. Yep. I think that's fair. Ohio State 24, Wisconsin 10. Um, I'll just open this up to you. I, I, I watched this game. I was watching, like I said, with my dad and he's an Ohio State fan. And so I watched this game. I, I watched the whole thing. I still don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on it. I thought the defense for Ohio State was still really good. Um, had a had a couple kind of weird leaky moments, a couple more explosives than they usually allow, but was otherwise dominant. Um, and, uh, and, and got the job done while the offense just was kind of there. The offense was just sort of on the field. I, f- I feel the same way watching yeah. this one that I felt watching the Penn State game. Yeah, I mean, they allowed two plays of 20-plus yards, none of longer than 30. I think you could, you, you live with that. Yeah. Um, it probably helps them that Braylon Allen put the ball on the turf twice and got injured and missed the whole second half. I would definitely, feel yeah, I, I would say that yeah. probably helped them, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, I think Trayvon Henderson played his best game ever as a Buckeye. Yeah, uh, he was really good. Uh, the kid had over 200 total yards, 207 yards of offense, uh, and a touchdown. 
Um, he was a significant part of both. I mean, obviously the Russian attack, he, he led the entire thing and yeah. uh, was also and, you know, impactful in the passing attack for the first time. And I don't know, ever. Yeah. Uh, he did I, drop I, a long touchdown pass, which was uh, Kevin had a very good bit about this on high street freaks, other podcast where he mentions, he kind of just like, he's going for a long ball. He kind of just runs with his arms outstretched. Like he's like a little league <laughs> kid trying to catch a, a fly ball at center field. Yeah. Um, it's very funny to watch, but he played great. Um, I thought the inclusion of Xavier Johnson and, and the Russian attack and the way they started using orbit motion is really unlocking some things for them. Um, they have seemingly after like, I don't know, four years of Ryan Day doing this shit, figured out they need to run more gap scheme Russian attacks. Yeah. Um, it's been a few weeks in a row now they've committed to it. Uh, it looks better. Um, it's clearly helping. I th- again, I think I think the, the motion stuff helps as well. Um, they're starting to use more of those quick pass outlets as well if they need to. Um, they have single coverage for their good receivers outside. Um, their success rate was 91st percentile, I think 52% success rate against a pretty damn good Wisconsin defense uh, and still only come away with 24 points. That's a direct issue of just Kyle McCord uh, and the red zone issues. Yeah. Um, you know, it's those, those are just a feature of Ryan Day's offense. They're never going to be good in the red zone. It's because it's him. It's his fault personally. Um, but McCord also had a, he's just one of the most like, dude, by the numbers, he is like rightful. I, I don't know if I believe he's actually this good. He's by the numbers, he's probably a top fifteen quarterback in college football. Jesus. Um, by the eye test, he's probably a top thirty quarterback in college football. Um, but just the the frustrating plays he makes. The kid has three intentional grounding penalties for the last three games. Yeah. Um, he <laughs> threw two picks in this game. Both of them were bad. People were trying to say that the second one was a result of a good break in the ball by the defensive back. It was a poor throw into and forced into coverage. The first one was way worse than that. Like for a guy who gets intentional grounding by throwing the football away in stupid ways so often, for him to throw a ball where there's absolutely nothing open uh, and he has a first down because it was outside the pocket when he threw it away, it's just mind-numbing. Like his decision-making is just so frustrating. Yeah, He's bad on ball security. He holds the ball like a fucking loaf of bread. Every time he gets sacked, you're worried it's going to come out. Um, he drops nine steps deep every time and lets his back bad tackles, you know, look worse by, by, by getting too far downfield and kind of letting, you know, letting guys hit him relatively easily. Yeah. Um, it, it is, I just think he's a, he's a dumb quarterback is the most frustrating part. It, 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 the, the easiest way I think I could describe it is that it is, it is a serious chore to watch that kid play. It's not fun. There's not, it's like, like the, the, the good moments, the big moments in this passing attack are just Marvin Harrison Jr. making plays, like almost exclusively it's just Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr. Kyle McCord is not, he's just there and he's dumb and he, <laughs> he's just dumb and he makes stupid mistakes, way too many stupid mistakes. It's just a chore to watch him play. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't fit with what they, with what this offense fashions itself as because it's it's not just that he's not the you know the efficient ruthless you know quarterback robot that they've had in recent years it's that he is like he looks like a Notre Dame quarterback he's just stupid he just does stupid things and he's yeah. he, the the variability for him is not like from really bad to really good it's from really bad to like just he just gets the ball in the right place to Marvin Harrison Jr and that's pretty much it that's the only lever that he can pull because he's not doing anything else he's just he's just out there he's just some guy yeah 100% and it probably stings that that Mecca Buka wasn't playing in this game right yeah. like he he has thrown to Buka a lot especially on third down situations and not having him doesn't help but 
with Ohio State's persistent injury problems because they're bad, you know, bad as the seat coach, like you, you can, it's going to be a persistent problem the rest of his career. You're never going to trust you're going to have a full strength out there because they never are full strength as long as they have Mipparati. Yeah. Um, which is, which is very annoying. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. People were yelling at Julian Fleming in this game. He did have one drop. I thought was his fault. The second one, people called a drop on a deep ball where I thought McCord had a really stupid football yeah. that made it, it, it should have been an easy touchdown to a very difficult catch that was dropped. Yeah. Um, we got the safety basically yeah, kill got, Fleming and get him hurt. Yeah. He got yeah. hit like as he was, as he was going for it, it seemed like it was just a bad ball. I, yeah, I, people I, yelled at him for that. I don't know what they were watching. That, that ball was behind him to the wrong shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and made him turn around to catch it while being hit by another safety because you know he didn't let him run underneath it. It was a bad ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like the thing that you can either paint as discouraging or encouraging about Ohio State, depending which lens you want to view it through, is that with the rushing attack, I wouldn't call it fully solved, but now competent. Right? It's now good enough. Like I think what the rush attack they've shown the last few weeks you can live with it, right? It's it's not going to lose you a game. Yeah. Um, it's not a disaster. The, now the mistake, yeah, now the mistakes they make are a different mistake every game or every drive. Yeah. Um, and it's not like a persistent glaring flaw where you say, oh, like, they can't win because of this X. Like, McCord in second half has been brilliant. Like, undeniably, he's been incredible in second halves. Just he sucks shit in the first half. Yeah. Um, you have the offensive line, like it's a different guy most, every every week and sometimes even every yeah. drive it's a different problem on the offensive line yeah you have some of the same themes like the night the, the fun part for i guess me losing my mind is that like every ohio state problem i bitched about this season has showed up in the same game this way like you had parker fleming special teams errors they had a huge return allowed you had mick Marotti, you know non-contact injuries you had a josh Simmons procedural penalty you had josh fryer getting whipped uh you had mccord dropping the football you had a crazy mccord rezo interception uh, you know, you had drops from, from, you know, a couple like non Marvin receivers, like just everything that I always bitch about showed up in the same game, which is, Kate, it's fun for me. I Kate Stover's shitty blocking. Yeah. That, that would be another yeah, one. Kate yeah. Stover got worked. Uh, Cam Martinez on the field that I gave a big play led to a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Um, inexplicably too, by the way, like they, they had both Josh Proctor and Jermaine Matthews to actually good defensive backs off the field for that to play Cam Martinez. God knows why now that was hurt. Um, just Malik Hartford also on the bench, like just that they must hate me. I think it's the only answer is God hates me or Ryan Day or both. Um, that must be it. Yeah. But nevertheless, <laughs> despite all my bitching, Ohio State has the best resume in the country through, through eight weeks. Um, you know, pretty much every metric has them as a top two or three team in America. Um, they have an elite defense. I think it's in contention for the best of the country. Um, they have more players emerging on defense every week too. Uh, like we saw Jermaine Matthews step up in a major way against Penn State. Hiru Khan, who looked like a stud in this game. Um, they seem to have three to four good linebackers at this point. Um, they are like they're figuring out a lot of things. Uh, three really good corners. I- I'm a little worried about Lathan Rance's injury, but he seems it's going to be like a a week or two problem and not like a five week problem. He should be back for Michigan. Although it's never good <laughs> when any Ohio State players hurt because you can't yeah. trust the recovery timelines. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Ohio State has some problems to fix. It also shows flashes that tell me, like, Ohio State, if it just plays its best game, is as good as anybody in America. We just have not seen them play that once. Yeah. And despite that, they still have three of the best wins in the country. Yeah. Um, and four wins over teams that are five and three or better. Uh, two probably top 15 wins based on the, how the rankings shake out tomorrow night. 
Like it's, I don't know. It, it, it's it's to me, it looks like a team that's clearly going to shoot itself in the foot and not do anything. But the potential is all there, which is every Ohio State season, right? You can see the glimpses every every year and just know it's not going to come together. It's a very frustrating existence. Really, people are going to say boo-hoo to me, mm-hmm. uh, but it is an annoying way to live for football. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Good win, I guess, but whatever. Yep. Uh, UCLA 28, Colorado 16 is next up here. Um, I don't know. I mean, UCLA gets the job done. Doesn't really look all that impressive in doing it. I think they went with uh, – yeah, they, they went largely with Ethan Garbers here at quarterback – I thought he was okay. A little disappointed, honestly, with the rushing attack here. It was not it was not as good as it has been at times this season. They did enough, obviously, to get the job done, but not um, not like the most reassuring performance in the world from UCLA, just kind of sleepy here. Yeah, I, I think they might kind of suck. Yeah, um, they did tee off best... on, on Shadur in the exact way that we thought they were going to. They, they had seven sacks. Yeah, here. but everyone does that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like their best win so far this season, just looking at, you know, resumes and records is a a win in week one over a five and three Coastal Carolina team that probably finishes barely bowl eligible and is coached by Tim Beck in, that, a, in a one score game in the fourth quarter. That can't possibly be the case. <laughs> their wins are 27-13 over Coastal Carolina at home, 35-10 at San Diego State, okay. 59-7 versus NC Central. They lost 14-7 at Utah. They won 25-17 against a now reeling Wazoo team. Yeah. It's 4-4. Four and four. They lost 36-24 at Oregon State. They beat Stanford 42-7. They beat Colorado 28-16. Damn. Um, Coastal Carolina is their best win, dude. It's their only yeah. win over against a team over 500. I guess you could, if you were really trying to be positive for UCLA, you could say that they're the ones who broke Washington State, which I think is maybe true. Um, but damn. <laughs> That's not, yeah, that's not good. That's not a good resume. Um, no. Yeah. And I, I think they're probably going to lose to Arizona late night this weekend. We'll see. We'll see. Interesting times in the Pac-12, um, which is, I think, begin- very much beginning its process of falling apart, as it loves to do. Just just kind of beating itself up to the point where they don't have they don't have what they need at the end of the year. I think yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about it. The, the hope is still that Washington and Oregon enter with one loss each and make the, and like you guarantee a playoff team in the Pac-12 yeah. title. But um, I don't know. We're going to find out. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't like UCLA very much this season. I think the fact people are ranking, I think they're ranked what, like 20th right now uh, is an absolute fucking joke. I, 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 I'm not trying to get too worked up because I don't dislike UCLA or anything, but yeah. Yeah, they're ranked 20th with that resume. Like, AP voters just do not watch the games and do not know anything about football. Like, it's just so frustrating how many dumb guys vote for the AP poll. Um, they should let me pick it. That's yeah, my stance. They should let you pick it alone. Uh, Georgia Tech 46, North Carolina 42. North Carolina has died. We said they were going to. We know they were going to. They always do. They've picked a really weird time to do it. I certainly didn't think that it would be these two games that they collapse in, but here they are. They It's done. It's over. We don't have to talk about North Carolina anymore after this. Big win for Georgia Tech at home. Uh, gets the job done, but... North Carolina just it's it's done. They're they're done. They the 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 season has exhausted itself. They will uh they will finish it out, but their time has ended. Mac Brown dude, just call they it a career. Away. Just yeah. just call it a career, man. You can be done. You don't need to keep doing this shit. 
I'm I'm done with it. I've seen enough. I don't need any more. I don't need any more Mac Brown. I get it. You've you've had a you've had a good career. You won a national championship. Just be done, man. You can just you can just be done. You don't have to do it anymore. Do you know how many yards Georgia Tech had in this game? I think it was a lot. From watching it, it, it was, felt like a lot. Uh, it's more than a lot, Patrick. It is 635 yards. Um, <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah, that is quite three, a, that's a great deal of yards. Yeah, 348 on the ground, averaging over seven yards a carry. Yeah. Um, they had two runs 50-plus. I mean, just absolutely gashed them. Haynes King is uh, fucking hooping too. He was he played his he's ass kinda off. Good. <laughs> Haynes King's kind of good, man. Um, he's kind of nice. I can't believe I'm saying. Let me check his stats for the year because I'm curious. Uh, okay, were... I mean he has ten steps for the year, but we're not worried about that. He's getting better. Yeah, uh, we fuck with Haynes King. Haynes yeah. King is is probably the worked up white boy of the season. Um, uh, I'd have to say, but yeah, look, I mean North Carolina is a great offense again, like they do every year. And a completely unserious defense, and especially defensive line, to have as many blue chip players you've recruited in that position. Um, I think I checked the numbers for the season. I, I I don't have it in front of me, but it's like eleven blue chips or twelve blue chips the last four classes. And to play fucking Georgia Tech with Brent Key as its coach and have zero sacks and two tackles for a loss while you give up three hundred and fifty rushing yards, it's a clown show. It's absolutely embarrassing. You should be embarrassed by what you put in the field. It's you hire fucking Gene Chizik to run your defense, and you deserve everything you get. Yep. Um, yep. And also, Tess Walker got pretty seriously injured, which sucks. Yeah, it does um, suck. That was the only that was the only part of this team that I liked, and now he's hurt. It, it's these guys suck. Um, fuck these guys. Just move on with it. I'm I'm ready to be done with them. I don't need any more North Carolina. I'm good. I'll pass. Um, also, here in the evening slate, I, I we don't have a ton to say about these guys. I think we'll probably say more on the premium show. Oklahoma State six and two, uh, four straight wins. Just beat the hell out of Cincinnati. And a uh, guy who I mentioned, I can't remember if it was on this show or the preview last week, but uh, Ollie Gordon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ollie, Ollie Gordon with another just monstrous performance on the ground. He is go. He's going fucking nuts. He has been, I think, the the chief cause of this surge that they have had. They have a guy with him. They have a, a certified guy. He has been unbelievable these last couple weeks. Yeah, man. I mean, he is absolutely incredible, like you said. Uh, 271 in this one. Uh, he has a t- 1087 on the season. Uh, and over the last five games, he has 978 yards. Jesus. He is averaging 196 yards a game over the last five games. Oh, my God. Um, and they have they have three wins over teams that are five and three or better in that stretch. Yeah, uh, I mean they beat Kansas and Kansas State, and this is gonna be one of the. I'll, I'll save my take on the team as a whole for uh, for our premium podcast. But, uh, dude, this guy rocks! Like, and he came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, uh, he was like he had sixty two carries last year for three hundred eight yards, which is not bad. But he didn't do anything for them last season. He was like a non factor for them, and then just shows up and does this. Like it's. I mean, he's a freak, man. This is this is incredible. Like he has an NFL build too. That's a Sunday player who just came out of nowhere for them. Yeah. Uh, and, from... and look, Alan Bowman sucked in this game too. I thought he was pretty bad. Um, he threw a pick. He had to complete half of his passes. Like this was all Ollie Gordon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, uh, Emory Jones is still perhaps the worst quarterback in the country. He got benched for this game. Um, he was six of sixteen for 117 yards and a pick. Um, <laughs> which is is tough yeah <laughs> uh on the season 
Uh, he's completing 59.7% of his passes with uh, 6.9 yards an attempt and 13 touchdowns against nine picks. Yeah. Um, mm. Not good. No. Not what we call good. And it's weird that he's been bad at three different schools. It's almost like he is the problem. Yeah, it seems like maybe he is a uh, a theme uh, among those among those seasons. Uh, always good when your year one hand pick starter does that. That's what you want from an offensive minded uh, coach <laughs> and tenure is the guy who he goes out and gets for his first season it, to be just not only not good enough but actively shitty and one of the worst quarterbacks in America. That is. That is just good uh, scouting right there. You can't question that. That's good stuff. Really encouraging for Cincinnati, I'm sure, moving forward as well, that they went and hired this loser. That's really, really smart that they did that. Um, Couple here in the Sun Belt, James Madison, tough win, really, really tough win, but they go and get it done 30-27 to against Old Dominion. Um, they stay unbeaten. They just keep on, they keep on winning football games. I need to pull up here. The specific stat line for Jalen Green, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, on or last week or whenever it was on the on the premium show for the the Heisman stuff, he's not going to win the Heisman, but he is on he's on a fucking tear to end all tears these last couple weeks. He had two and a half sacks in this one. He had five last week against Marshall, uh, one and a half against Georgia Southern, two and a half before that, one and a half before that, one and a half before that, and one against Virginia. Um, he has 15 and a half sacks in his last seven games. He he is unbelievable, and he came basically out of nowhere. He had been here. He's an older guy. He's a senior but they lost their star defensive end Isaac Okwu uh, in like April, April or May to Ole Miss, um, and they needed somebody else to step up. Him and uh, Mikhail Kamari, uh, I think it's Kamari. I don't remember exactly. It, it's I think it's Kamari. Um, they have been unbelievable in green, especially. So I think still I would assume leading the nation in sacks. Uh, could very well threaten the single-season sack record, as we said on that show. He is fucking awesome. He's so, yeah, so goddamn free. good. Um, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, just the joy watching him play. He's just such a fucking football player, man. Um, it's It really sucks they can't play for any of the any official nominations. It's, it's a real bummer. I wish they could. I mean, they they deserve all the praise. Um, but but they're great. Um, two other games, the Sun Belt, too. Um, Troy throttled Texas State 31-13. They are now 6-2. and two. That team is for real. Yep. And uh, Louisiana put itself back in the Sun Belt West race of the 33-20 win over South Alabama, which is a pretty disappointing year under Kane Womack, but um, kind of is what it is here. Yeah. Um, Louisiana recovered a little bit, kind of impressed by that. Um, Sun Belt's pretty tight, man. We're going to talk about the full race um, on the premium show, so I don't know how much you want to do it now, but, I mean, these guys are – like this is a a race with i think you know four teams still on the mix basically there's four teams at the top yeah. and quite a few others still in the mix um you could argue there's eight or nine teams that have a chance at this um and it's not even counting James Madison who's ineligible yeah yeah it's awesome it's it's a it's a very good league i do think uh, the, the race in the West is still alive. Like technically speaking, there are still teams who can go and win the West. I'm pretty confident in Troy at this point. I'm pretty confident in Troy's ability to lock it down to win the West. And then if we're assuming, as I think we probably can at this point, that Georgia Southern is going to be the representative of the East, I think Troy's going to kick the shit out of those guys. I think Troy's pretty much going to kick the shit out of whoever comes out of the East because Troy is save for James Madison, the best team in this conference by a pretty wide margin. 
um, Troy, I, I have I have total faith in at this point, and I think is probably going to get the job done. But good win for Louisiana, as you said, good win bouncing back and and getting it done when they needed to. Um, and uh, the the Sun Belt rolls on here. We'll finish out this one with the late night slate. Uh, the big one here, the game that we were both pretty excited about coming in. I think it did pay off in terms of the game that it was. Did not pay off in terms of the result, at least for my personal narrative. I know that you have uh, you have accepted Jed Fish. You love Jed Fish. You can't get enough of him. But Oregon State loses to Arizona, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Um, that's cool. That's cool on that narrative. Let's just cool. <laughs> you can't get enough of Jed Fish. You love him. Um, you you are you are a huge fish head. You can't stop t- you can't stop doing it with Jed Fish. Um, I mean, it's a big win for Arizona. It's a really big win. It's a really good win. I thought they played really well. Um, Oregon State kind of just uh, disappointing would be my my word. I think that they should have gotten more from this than they did. Um, scored late to make it. 27-24, it was, it was a two-score game pretty late on. Oregon State just doesn't really take advantage of the opportunities that it had, and Arizona does um, enough to, to win the game. And, and now, as we're going to talk about on the premium show, really kind of launch itself into not the top of the conversation in the Pac-12, but it is in there. It's in the conversation. It's, it's, it's looking good right now. It, it has a couple big wins in a row here, beat the shit out of Washington State a couple weeks ago, and now has a uh, really kind of a signature win with a road win over Oregon State in uh, in Tucson. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard even for me to criticize that. I do think that this is the Jed Fish cycle and that he will, <laughs> inevitably he will fuck this up because that's what he does, is that he'll show you something to like and then it will, it will go away. But Noah Fafita continues to play really well. The offense did what it needed to do. And I think the defense has taken some steps forward and, and was obviously competent enough here to mostly hold Oregon State underwater and, and really do what it needed to do and go and win this game. Um, I, I'll give them credit for that while also knowing that, like, Arizona has done this before and probably will do it again. But right now they, they have to, you know, you have to hand it to them. Yeah, and you also got to look at this kind of like the, the schedule for them. And I mean, I don't want to bash a team that's having this much success because that is a fantastic win for that program. And, I do. I like do want to bash a team that's having this much success. Fair Fuck enough. these guys. <laughs> they, they seem to have really found something with Noah Fafita. Um, obviously, T-Mac there is a fantastic receiver for them. Uh, but I mean, they lost to a bad Mississippi State team a week two, a game they absolutely should have won. Um, they, they quit. I mean, not their coach quit essentially didn't try to win against USC and they were to one score game with Washington at home as well. Like you flip one or two of those results. And this team is like very much in the mix for the Pac-12 title and a new year six bowl. Yeah. Um, which is easy to say in retrospect, but I mean, definitely some points up the board here. I think they're probably going to beat UCLA, Colorado and Arizona state. Uh, to get to eight wins, which means Utah at home is like they're, they could get nine wins. They, they could air very easily win out. Yeah. Um, they are playing good football right now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I uh, we'll see. I'm going to keep my eye on that one. I get uh, it. I get it. I, I get it. If you don't have faith. I mean, even if they finish eight and four or seven and five, that's a pretty good year for this team. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and very easily should have been better. Again, if they tried to beat USC and didn't, didn't, you know, capitulate or if they beat a bad Mississippi state team, they should have beat. 
Yeah. Um, it's a very different season. Yeah, they gave in to terrorist demands against USC, and you just can't do that. Um, last one here, UNLV comes up just short against Fresno State. Fresno State wins at 31-24 and remains in the thick of it in the Mountain West title race. UNLV is still not that far behind. They only have one conference loss, but um, really, really kind of a, a heartbreaker here for UNLV, which had... Um, what would have been the game tying, maybe even the game winning if they had gone for two, which I think was a possibility at that point, touchdown. Um, it was it was in Seneca McKee's hands, and he dropped it. He just dropped it. It was not contested. It should have been a touchdown. I he felt bad just, for that kid, man. He yeah. just dropped it, and it sucks. <laughs> it really, it was a really tough moment. Um, credit to to Barry Odom for not icing the kid out on the sidelines. I know that small, that sounds like a small thing. And like, yeah, obviously you shouldn't do that. A lot of coaches do. A lot of coaches will just ice their guy out on the sidelines after that. You gotta, you gotta keep him in. You got to, you know, you, you can't just, you can't just pin it all on the one guy that you know you were in the moment anyway. And it sucks. It sucks that it happened that way. And that it was just, I mean, it was in his hands and he just didn't catch it. Um, but uh, really heartbreaking loss here for UNLV. Good win for Fresno State. I don't, I don't think Fresno State played that well, but they do enough to get the job yeah. done, and uh, they stay right up there near the top of the Mountain West. Yeah. Also, I had watched them once or twice before this year, but I don't know how I didn't put together that UNLV's running back is the same Vincent Davis from Pitt. Yep. Um, I had not realized that. I don't know why, but um, yeah, I, I thought he um played pretty well for them all things considered i mean didn't do anything fantastic but it's a pretty key part of this game for them and yeah it stinks man it stinks to not have this win um also no guarantee they would have won it even if they caught that ball but still it stings to it stings to lose it that way and have that drop that way yeah. but fresno state won this game in, in the third quarter right 24 over run in the third quarter um super impressive by them and i, I think even as much as everyone's talking about unlv you know blowing that game and it's a fair thing to say because they did they outplayed Fresno State, right? They outgained them by over 100 yards. Um, they they turned the ball over four times. Uh, you know, one lost their margin by two. Um, Should have won this football game, but for Fresno State, all still a lot to go out there and win it, and, and played really hard in the second half and um, and hung on to win this game. So I think I think you think that the answer from Fresno State against a team that's very much in the mix for the Mountain West title as well is really impressive. Yep, that is what they do. They find a way, and they do it here. Um, that'll do it here for this recap episode. We will be back for the premium subscribers, of course, on the weekly, uh, premium show, which we are going to <laughs> record in, in mere moments. Uh, so we will, uh, we will talk to you all then. And then for the free subscribers, one, just go subscribe. It would be, it's easy. You can just go on over there and do it. It's very easy. Um, but, uh, we will be back on the free watch list.